All right, Jack, I know Randy's house around here somewhere. You remember which one it is? It's right... Right here, right here. Turn there left. we go, there we go. All right. Hey, guys, what's up? What's up? Oh, nothing. We are in the area. Thought we'd stop by and pick you up. I Get can... you, take you to the show. Okay, I can drive myself to the studio. Well, we're not going to the studio. We're not going to the studio. This is the Christmas episode, Randy. We're not going to the studio. Okay, where are we going? Over the river and through the snow to a special place that we all know. We lost the keys, so we'll break into the Candor Christmas Cabin. Okay, the Candor Christmas Cabin? What the hell are we going to be doing there, guys? I'll tell you, dear boy. We'll start a firing, deck the halls, prepare ourselves for Santa Claus. Christmas trivia, who will win? Let's hope it isn't Jack again. The MCU will be watching, and Justice League for kindling. Jimmy Buffett is quite a sin at, at the Candor Christmas Cabin. We'll pour some nog and bake a ham and post that shit to Instagram. We'll shout our peeps on Patreon because of them the lights are on. Guys, this is a lot of fun. Do you think I can get a percent? Um, yeah. Yeah, why not? Christmas is that time of year full of joy and full of cheer. Children round the Christmas tree brings joy to you. And joy to me. You guys said I could do a verse. Haven't you been listening to the song the whole time? That is not the sound we're going for. Why not? Think of those you will annoy. You're not a fucking choir boy. It's not the song we want to sing. We've gotta keep them listening. So come on in and just unwind and drown your sorrow in turpentine. Oh, the fun we'll be having at the Candare Christmas Cast. Guys, get in here and get the door shut. And Jack, you want to throw the switch, get the power going in this cabin here? All righty. Welcome to the 2019 Can Dare Christmas Special. I am Jeremy Collins. I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And boy, do we really hope you appreciate us putting ourselves out on the limb the way we just did there for you, singing our jolly asses across the across the ridge to get out here to the Candare Country Breaking Cabin. Breaking windows to break into our own cabin. Yeah. Luckily, it's out in the middle of nowhere, so no one probably heard that. All for you. Yes. Delicious. But welcome. We have a hell of a show uh, lined up for you here today, and I'm excited. This is I'm this is our too. holiday party. We don't do our holiday party off air. We do the holiday party where everyone can hear, mm-hmm. right here behind the microphone. So I'm excited to do that. What we've got lined up for you today is uh, first we're going to be picking Randy's mind. This is his first Christmas here with Candare. Woo-hoo. Jack, this is first Christmas. Randy this is came to Candare. Seven. Is this our seventh Christmas? Uh, Sixth. 
sixth, sixth, sixth I think. Yeah. Going on the sixth Christmas. Yep. Damn, you guys are pros at this. <clears throat> you would think so. You would certainly think so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, Jack and I's uh, brains have been picked as far as what mm-hmm. we like. You know, it's been documented. Christmas movies, Christmas songs, favorite gifts. Oh, blah, 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 blah. We've done Festivities. it. We've done it. Yeah. We've done it. We, we would be beating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. But you know who hasn't done it? It's Randy. So Randy. we're going to spend the first part of the episode getting to know what Randy's Christmas likes and dislikes are. And whether we like them or not. Yeah, yeah. No, not really. So let me just sit in the in- interrogation chair here with the big fluorescent lights. Hot under these lights. Isn't it? <laughs> then uh, Jack and I, since we again have both already uh, given our favorite stuff and uh, past episodes, we have each brought our own Christmas contribution. I'm not sure what Jack's is as of yet, and I'm, I just want to kind of keep it that way. I think until the time comes to actually do it. Kind of excited. We'll include that. both of you guys. Get your insights and maybe Ooh. put something to sleep. Uh, what? You gonna kill one of us? <laughs> what? No, no, something, something, not someone. Okay. All right. All right. And uh, we're gonna have some some guests stopping by, I think, too. So oh, okay, uh, cool. yeah, be ready for that. Anything Somebody can always happen. happens to stop by for some reason. I don't know how they know it. We're here once a year, and the fuckers <laughs> find us. <laughs> they find us. For being so secluded, it's kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, before we do all of that, don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Can underscore Air. And if you really like what we're doing, and boy, you want to get in early before we start revamping our Patreon, just head over to patreon.com forward slash CandairPod or follow the link on uh, candarepodcast.com to become a patron for $5 a month you get access to the monthly Candare Patreon pod and boy uh, you know like we've been talking and what we're talking on and off air is this uh, Patreon's going to be getting a heavy revamping good things to come for patrons uh, yes. from what we're talking so I'm excited for that I hope you guys are mm-hmm. and yeah. I hope everyone listening is to become a patron so uh, anything else gentlemen before we get this Christmas episode of rolling Let's get it going. Time for drinks. Here we go. Let's kick it off with our Christmas Retro Roundtable. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! <laughs> Happy birthday! Did I give up? Oh, yeah, thirsty some more. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. All right, gentlemen. We got some drinks going. You said you got some nog? Mm-hmm. It smells like lighter fluid. Well, that shit's good, too. Oh, yeah. okay. All Let's right. get the, the fires going, a roaring. You hear it crackling over there? Burns going in and coming out. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to it, gentlemen. Randy's, Randy's Christmas. Randy's ideal Christmas. All right. All right. Well, first off, I want to throw out my song choices since last episode you guys did yours. Mm-hmm. So um, I've got uh, four of them. Okay. Uh, so the first one, um, kind of a holiday tradition I had with me and my brother Scott for a while. We played Diddy Kong Racing on N64. Kind of every Christmas, it was just kind of a thing we did. There's one level that's like a Christmas-themed like village level, and uh, it's called uh, Frosty Village. And just for whatever reason, anytime I hear that, I just think of Christmas. It's kind of like a jingle belly type of mm-hmm. um, just ambient yeah. music. But uh, yeah, it was just, it always makes me think Sends of Christmas. you back into the past. Yep, good old analog. Put <laughs> <laughs> that in right here.
Do you remember in Mario 64, uh, there was the level where you are on, like, the snowy mountain with the penguins, Mm -hmm. and boy, that song. Fucking penguin. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, that penguin was a son of a bitch. But no, the song that played over that was amazing. I I would... I I would start that level and just put the controller down and let that song play, because I loved to listen to it. It was so infectious, but it had a very similar kind of a Christmas feel to it. I think it actually made it into a Christmas playlist one year on my iPod. Sweet. Well, maybe you could throw this one on Christmas playlist. Uh, We'll see, Randy. We'll Uh, see. We'll see if it makes the cut. (laughs) Let's not get presumptuous, Randy. (laughs) What's the next song? All right. So uh, in my teenage years, um, I I went through a phase where I was really into Linkin Park. It was like right when they were becoming more mainstream. Did Linkin Park do a Christmas album? Well, no. But uh, my dad got me the special hybrid EP, which I think it was their first uh, CD, Mm -hmm. with like a bonus disc on it. And on that bonus disc... They had a song called My December. It's very mellow. It's very orchestral. Um, it's pretty much just Chester singing with Mike in the background doing kind of his thing a little bit. But uh, it, it just always makes me feel kind of a Christmas feeling because I got it around the Christmas holidays. Mm, so. I like to hear that. I don't think I've ever heard that before. I don't I'm think I have curious. either. Like, in a, like a deluxe version of the album or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, it wasn't or? like a, I think ever commercially released, but you can find it on YouTube or like a... The, special editions of hybrid uh hybrid hybrid theory, hybrid theory. theory yeah. yeah i saw uh i saw them on that tour at an Ozfest, like oh one oh two something like that uh it's the only time i ever saw lincoln park yeah, but they were cool yeah i've seen them in concert a couple times yeah, did so, you yeah it was i've seen them one amazing so and randy got his beat yeah <laughs> he saw him too so this is my descent my time of the year. This is my December. This is also clear. Next song. All right. So next song, it's <laughs> next song is kind of a, a tie. Um, so every Christmas, my dad would pull out uh, the Bob Rivers. Twisted Christmas CDs. Mm, yes, yes, um, yes. You had mentioned these. Yes, there's kind of a mix of all kinds of music in there, but he would just have them just constantly playing anytime we were in his car, in the house, whatever. But there's two specific songs that I always think of, and it's kind of hard to choose a favorite between the two. Um, the first one that I would say isn't really my absolute favorite is they redid black sabbath's I Am Iron Man, but they changed the lyrics to be I Am Santa Claus. I think. God, have I heard that? I think I've heard that before. So I am Santa so, yeah. Claus. Flying through the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have heard it, yeah. Yeah, and I don't I don't think I dug Never it too much. It. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Saw the color drain from your face. <laughs> <laughs> The one that beats it out, though, for me is um, they did an ACDC, um, like the, I forget the name of the original song, but it's like, these are the things that I love the most, or these are a few of my favorite things, but they did it with an ACDC spin on it. So you have somebody sounding like Axl Rose um, just singing like, we like guitar strings. I didn't know Axl Rose sang for ACDC. Or not Axl Rose. Son of a bitch. I'm about to throw you out the fucking window. My bad. No, not. (laughs) 
Did you see like? Oh, Sorry, I yeah. saw that. I was like, he better fucking correct himself. Sorry. Right, my quick. bad. My bad. Right, my quick, bad. Son. <laughs> He's not horribly wrong because I mean, now Axl Rose is singing for ACDC. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, He's not. Right. I, yeah. I, I'll my, give bad. Him that. my bad. My bad. My <sighs> bad. I like Brian Johnson more anyway, but my bad. Okay, he redeems himself. Yep. He knows who he is. I'll, yes, go ahead. I, I know who ACD is. Yes. Honest mistake. <laughs> Sorry, got caught up in the moment, all right? Fuck. This freaking eggnog is going to my head already. There you go. <laughs> right. so fast. Just splicing the damn song right here, damn it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Now But yeah, seriously, if you guys have never listened to Bob Rivers' Twisted Christmas or any of the listeners, I highly suggest checking it out. Well, I don't think we have a choice. Yeah, I was going to say, you just brought us the whole fucking catalog. I know, I damn it. Good. You guys better listen to it. <laughs> I'm going to listen to it. I have to. i got to splice it in the episode now. But no, it's fun. I'm glad you brought them over because yeah. uh, I uh, remember seeing these things on about any Christmas uh, album end cap or fixture you see in any store, there's typically one of these albums in there. I okay. know they're classics. I know I know that they're held in high regard. So I'm excited to hear them. I really yeah. am. Yeah, I think you guys will get a kick out of them. There's something on there for everybody. Sure. So. All right. So my final uh, music, uh, Christmas music. Oh, and five it, songs. Five songs. Uh, putting me to work this yeah. week. Well, hold up. This, this kind of ties into a movie, so you don't necessarily have Song to splice it 10. in. <laughs> On Randy's Super Christmas 2019. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm Axel sorry. Rose. Um, sorry. Uh, so this one kind of ties into one of my favorite Christmas movies, too. So don't feel like you have to splice it in. But uh, the Heat Miser, Snow Miser song from Year Without a Santa Claus. Also one of my favorite Christmas movies. I've never seen that one. Oh, dude, man. you never seen that one? No. I, I said that on last year's episode. My everyone name said, is Eatonizer. Yeah, I don't I'm know. Mr. Hot. 101. Um, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. White Christmas. I'm, I'm Mr. Much. Snow. What's that from? Same, Same one. thing. Yeah. There's How two do versions. I, know that? I don't know. Maybe you've seen it and blocked it out. I'm Mr. I mean, it's, it's Rankin and Bass, so I mean, it's... yeah. You've had to have seen it somewhere yeah. Yeah, Just maybe. not the whole show There was a rock rendition <clears throat> Of I think the Heat Miser version Floating around at one point Like five, six years ago I think I don't know who did it But maybe that's where you heard it Could Nah No, I don't no? think so okay. I think I I mean I'm hearing it in its original content I, I must have seen it I don't know Fair enough I don't know Okay It'll right. come to me it after something we're, to we're, do with We're not recording One of our past Christmas episodes I believe somewhere Does it? Does it? I, I, I feel like it has You guys brought it up last year Was um, it last year? Yeah So I uh, I don't know I don't remember I'll figure it out Yeah Check long it out after, Long after anyone gives a shit <laughs> yeah. Anyway So Another uh, Christmas movie That I really like um, Is uh, The Albert Finney Scrooge movie I think it was like early 70s mm. um, Have you guys heard of it before? Or I think I might have yes. seen it and then kept flipping. <laughs> saw it and said, nope. There's only certain Scrooge <laughs> movies that I'll watch. It's it's really long and really drawn out, but it's, I don't know, we always used to watch it on Christmas Eve growing up, so it's mm-hmm. before Tradition. Christmas Story took over, which, um, 
love that movie. <sighs> I know, but when you see it so much, you can literally quote it to the yeah, freaking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's it's a different flavor. It's real slow, but it's it. I don't know. It just holds a special place in my heart. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. the guy that plays Obi Wan as the uh, Marley. Uh, oh, character. Alec Guinness! I forgot yes, he was yeah. in that. So, I think you said something earlier. Zordon mentioned this on last year's episode, Correct. didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that's uh, one of my movies. And then um, the so the next movie. Uh, that I'll just really quick touch on because everybody knows is the Grinch, the original mm. with Boris Karloff, the the cartoon. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I just it always just made me so happy that a Holly or a a horror icon like Boris Karloff did a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Was he the voice, the singer? Or the, he was the, the narrator. narrator. The narrator. That's yep. right. Yeah. So I always You're I have this. One. Yep, exactly. Mr. Grinch. So just the. Frankenstein's monster is yeah talking at Christmas. Oh movie. yeah, because you're a big uh, monster classic uh, horror buff. Yep. I, forget, yes, I always forget Frankenstein was a big green monster too, just like the well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's circular. <laughs> yes, more nog, <laughs> more paint thinner for Jack. <laughs> right, <you> right. <laughs> All right, my last Christmas movie is um, I've got a VHS. I haven't found it on DVD yet. It's a Garfield Christmas. I don't know how many... Oh, my God. That is so good. I don't know how many Garfield Christmas specials there are, but this There's one... There's only one. Okay, I think there was... Yeah, I think there, there was only, only just that one. one. The one I'm thinking of, he's, like, asleep in the beginning, and he has, like, this give chair. Me, give me, give exactly. me, give me. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's uh, just... I don't know. I, Such a good episode. Man, yeah. I haven't seen that in years. Isn't that real sad a point? It, yes, because yeah. uh, Garfield like Odie outside or something like that. Or is it? They go to um, it's like John's, John's grandmother's or, or yeah, his family's house. John's it's his family. mom and his dad had just died. They insinuate, and Garfield finds a bunch of old love letters from him to her out in the barn. Was it his mom or his grandma? For some reason, I think it was his grandma. But I, I think it's his wrong. mom. Okay. But uh no. I'm sorry. It was the grandma. They were at the mom's house, but the grandmother was there. Right, because it was like a first Christmas without him or something like that? Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. But yeah, he goes to build Odie uh, a back scratcher in the yes. barn and finds that. No, 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 no. Odie built that for Garfield. That's right. My bad. My bad. Man, people are loving this episode right now. <laughs> sorry, guys. Shit. No, I, I just, uh, you're having just memories rush through my head right now. I'm loving it. They're all I'm, coming back to me a little bit, too. I'm yeah. still real vague on it, but it, it's, I think I've only ever seen it once. That granny was a tough old cookie. Yes, she was. Yeah, she yeah. was. But anyway, I'm going to have to dig that one up. Same yeah, here. I'm going to find it on DVD. That. Yeah, that's a good one. So. That's a definitely a good one. Garfield Christmas. So that does it for movies for me. What's what, okay. what's next on the interrogation uh, block Let's see here. here. Let's see here. Um, <clears throat> how about your favorite gift you've ever received? Favorite gift. Okay. Favorite um, Christmas morning gift. So can it be a tie or am I taking up too much time? No, you're good. Okay. So it's a tie between the N64 Legends of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Okay. Because I didn't think I was going to get it because it was like sold out. And my dad worked at Media Play at the time. and like had Oh, you had way. an inside, nice. inside yes. person. That or one year my dad built my brother and I computers. They were just super junky and super, I mean, <laughs> barely played anything. But it, just coming down and it was like 
booted up to the windows 95 screen and like there it was my own personal computer mm-hmm. like it was yeah that would I, that, that would have been amazing yeah <laughs> this and dad no i remember having my own tv in my room for the first time yeah that kid. was awesome yeah. too oh my god it felt amazing right it felt amazing it felt my, so grown up yeah my my um grandmother it was my great grandmother she had passed away and this was like in uh what like 95 six something like that I want to say, and so this was a TV that she had had in one of her rooms that never got used, but like never got used since like the 70s or 80s. It like still had the big like, nice, but um, that's what I had. And uh, yeah, what an exciting feeling that is when you get something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the feeling you speak of. Sweet. Mine didn't have cable. It just had the local channels on exactly. it. Exactly. Cable yep. was yep. in the living room. I could sometimes get ABC. <laughs> I could get NBC. And NBC in the 90s was where it's at. Mm-hmm. And uh, I could get PAX TV, which I think ended up becoming uh, CW. Okay. Ended up becoming the CW or something. Yeah. But back in the day, like... Uh, it was PAX, and it's just kind of like what uh, Me TV is now, okay. where they just yeah. play old mm. TV. Because I would get off uh, home from school at uh, blah, 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 around three, and I had to be to work just a mile down the road at four. Mm-hmm. And in that hour, the A team was on, nice. like, fucking PAX. So I would come <laughs> home, rush to the TV, and like binge an hour A team and be five minutes late to work. Like, Sorry, A <laughs> team was on. <laughs> You know my priorities, <laughs> and you. But uh, all right, what about a uh, favorite or least favorite or odd ornament? So I don't really have least or odd. Um, I've got uh, a favorite. Um, mm-hmm. So we used to do. Do you guys remember the Hallmark motion globes? So they were no. like mm-hmm. globes you would plug into a string of lights, and they have a motor, and like the, the they would do okay, something. Yeah, yeah. Like like a snow globe, like something inside of like a little water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for yeah. example, like uh, it, it was the size of like a regular ornament. But um, for example, the one I really liked was I had a Hot Wheels one. So you plugged it in, and there was this little like diorama, and there were these little cars that yeah. would go like around the track, and like it would go through like a loop, and then the kid's head would like cut it off, and then like another car would come out, and make it look like it was going down the track. Yeah, doing the fold. Yeah, yeah. So there was about five or six years where we would get one that was like our family tradition, like every year. And most of them have that's cool since burned out. You know the motor, yeah. you use them so much, but uh, yeah, yeah. It was just that was always like so cool. My sister got me an ornament either last year, or the year before, right here. It looks, it doesn't look like a Christmas ornament. No, it's it doesn't. Bart yeah. and Lisa sitting on the rug in front of the TV with itchy and scratchy, but. The TV antenna is really like stable, and like right here is where your hook would go. It hangs on your tree. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. And when you hit this button on the side, the itchy and scratchy theme song plays, and the TV lights up and flickers. Just flickers and like stuff. Okay. It. It's so the effect of it is so cool. But I took the battery out because I didn't want it to corrode and get crappy. But this is a uh, a Hallmark uh, okay. ornament. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I remember what you're talking about now. Uh, they, is that heavy? They, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. It would definitely weigh a branch down. Yeah. That's what you better find a sturdy branch for that one. But, um, yeah, they did a whole, just all kinds of different themes, for, yeah. but they were all moving, right? Right, yeah, and, like, every year it would be different. So we'd have, we had, like, a Looney Tunes one with, like, oh. uh, the Coyote and Roadrunner running around. Running in circles. Yes, yeah. I remember that one. And then there was another one, I think, where Taz was decorating a Christmas tree and mm-hmm. was, like, spinning going around the Christmas tree. Um, I, I 
those are the only ones I can remember off the top of my head. Jack, do you remember, and Randy, you might be too young to remember, but maybe you do, uh, in the 90s, in the height of like Muppet Baby fame, McDonald's had put out Kermit, Piggy, and Fozzie plushes done up for Christmas. Mm-mm. No, really? No. They were like uh, $4.99 with like a value meal or some shit like that, but they were only about, I don't know, what, eight, nine inches tall. And, um, yeah, they were done up in little Christmas outfits. I think I remember seeing them, maybe. If you saw them, I bet you'd know them. You'd probably recognize them right away. But, um, boy, that's just one of the most uh, memorable things. We still, uh, I think I still have one somewhere, like a Fozzie somewhere. Okay. um, I remember those, and then I remember they put out... Uh, I can't remember what Disney movie it was. It had like a like a brown and white dog. Do you remember? I, I want to say all dogs go to heaven, but that wasn't Disney. No, was that the very, all of uh, all of the train or all of, yeah, Oliver and Company? Maybe maybe that was it. That sounds right. Oliver and Company. That sounds right. The Billy okay. Joel dog. Yeah, yeah. I was getting ready to say My Oliver and the worry. Tramp, but that wasn't but, right. But I remember they like <laughs> those characters they put out in little miniature plushes and like Christmas scarf and hats and stuff. It wasn't one hundred and one Dalmatians. No, it wasn't. Okay. No. Okay. I know what a Dalmatian is. Mocking well, they had that one of those. Yeah. All right. Shut up, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love when they did that though. When they would uh, put like pl- Christmas plushy things out. They don't really do the plush things anymore, no. do they? Yeah, they don't. They're they're Star Wars things this uh, year, kind of a letdown. Are they? Yeah, I'll show you actually. It's these uh, these keychains right here, and when you they oh. extend down oh. and on the back, when you hit the button, that projects a little hologram oh, inside. That's cool. I mean, that is kind of cool. I mean, it's different. Eh. It's a lot better than a Wendy's toy. I mean, well, anything's better than a Wendy's <laughs> toy, but. Um, I don't know. Broken. Not that I nope. want Star Wars Christmas dressed <laughs> plushies or anything, but uh, yeah, a little bit cooler stuff. McDonald's, if you're listening, Christmas plush Yoda. I can't come down on. <laughs> yeah, aw, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get your hand on one. No, nope. but um, <clears throat> they've been good. They just recently did the 40th anniversary surprise toys. Yeah, yeah. Where they reissued a bunch of toys from the past. It was awesome, but that's not the point of this episode. That's every other episode. <laughs> this is Christmas episode. So, gee, Mani, Christ. All right. Uh, I've got a holiday tradition, if you guys want to hear it. No, moving on. Okay. No, I'm kidding. Of course I want to hear it. <laughs> so I, I just couldn't help myself. Sorry. Fair enough. So I don't know how it started. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, so I don't know how it started, but my brother and I kind of get into a present war every year. We see who can wrap the present in the such most. a way that it takes longer, the longest for the other person to unwrap it. Awesome. So I love it. The Basically, where I left it last year, and I haven't wrapped his present this year. So, Scott, if you're listening to this, <laughs> um, bring I, a Dremel. Right. <laughs> I start wrong. So what I've done in the past is I, I took the present, I wrapped it in like three coats of wrapping paper, saran wrapped it, duct tape it three or four times. Oh my god. You son of a bitch. Wow. Spray foam. Spray foam the motherfucker. What? <laughs> Put it in two or three more boxes. And you yeah. don't need more than a Dremel. <laughs> well the funny thing was that same year he tried to do mine. He duct taped everything but the bottom of the box. So I just flipped it over, looked at it and popped through the Are bottom. Are you kidding? It. Scott <laughs> Oh man. Scott but in the course of that, two years ago, I also found out that uh, diapers are flammable if you put them in the microwave. 
So what? Are you serious? So when my son was first born, um, I thought it'd be funny to take <laughs> to I'd, put him in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, his diaper. <laughs> I guess it was longer than two years ago, but to take a diaper and put like a Hershey bar or something in it and melt it and wrap it up as Scott's gift. Well, I put the Hershey bar in the diaper, put the diaper in the microwave, put 30 seconds and about 10 seconds in it spontaneously combusted. What the hell is it a diaper yeah. that burns like that with, I, with the I, ultra I, absorbance? I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> you know, if you want to have Fucking like a little mercury, <laughs> <in their absorbance. laughs> if you want to have a little five alarm fire in your kitchen right before Christmas, microwave a diaper. Wow. You know, I don't think it'll ever come up, but okay, well, if it does, yeah, same here. <laughs> if you ever need that little extra bit of heat in the Christmas yeah. season. Watching the kids, it might be a little cold outside. <laughs> Heat your diaper up. Woo! Oh my God, it's getting a little cold. We need another fire on the log. Jack, can you please tend to that? Another diaper in the microwave. Another man. another diaper on the fire, fire, Jack. In the cup and a nog on the log. Diaper in the fire. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I'm too curious to wait any longer to see what Jack's. Uh, Christmas contribution is this this uh, this year's episode in Hall- or Halloween, fuck, Christmas party. <laughs> <laughs> so this all spawned from movies. And this year I've been seeing a lot more, more than last year, last couple of years, about uh, Die Hard being a Christmas movie. Oh, okay, okay yeah. And I wanted <laughs> to get your guys' take on what in a movie considers it to, do you consider it to be a Christmas movie? Ooh, man, good question. I would say I've got to walk away from it feeling, you know, feeling having that Christmas vibe, okay. I guess. I totally get that one. That's one of mine, too. Yeah. I mean, which I don't, I guess I don't really leave with Die Hard. I don't leave that feeling with Die Hard. I mean, it, it takes place at Christmas, I guess is why mm-hmm. it's a Christmas movie, right? right? Yeah, the setting. Yeah. Right. Which you could say the same thing about Gremlins, because technically, if you're looking at and it, people Gremlins, do. Yeah. And people definitely do. I think a Christmas movie, like the plot... Needs to be about Christmas right. or Santa or right. something. It's got to have like something that. to do with Christmas to and do then with, yes. also have the a progress of growth of yourself or with your family, I guess. And at the same time, leaving you with that fuzzy, warm feeling at the end. Yeah. To me, a Christmas movie <clears throat> is something you watch only right around Christmas time. That like, too, yeah. I'd never watch Elf or, you know, Christmas Vacation no. or anything no, any other no. time of the year. Yeah. No. I've been reading a lot about different, different uh, articles and stuff people have posted about it. And they, one of the big things was, can the movie, can the movie have taken place? I don't know if I worded that right. Could the movie take place in a different time and of the year? Is it not central to the plot? Yeah. Like Die Hard. If it wasn't, if it didn't take place in Christmas, then. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. It's still the same movie. Like Home Alone, I guess. Because that one's kind of on the edge of Christmas. It's borderline, but yeah, I could, I mean... Yeah, that movie could work. I mean, they could have been going to the Caribbean or something. I mean, it could have been any time of year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not... I guess that that room really wasn't about Christmas other than the family going on a Christmas vacation. And he, he himself loved Christmas, right? I mean, right. it's just... And some of the traps were Christmas-themed, but I mean... They yeah, they had the train going around and stuff. And right. Hmm. Never thought about that. Like the orange. It just has heavy, heavy Christmas theme around it, but itself essentially isn't about Christmas. It's right. just about no, yeah. leaving yeah. a kid at home and he beats the fuck out the guys who try to break in. But right. it's more about family, which I guess Togetherness. That's, yes. <laughs> yeah, but that could be a Thanksgiving, Easter movie. I mean, 
Hmm. What? what yeah. I mean, I don't know. Good question. There was what? Oh, one thing I had thought of. Uh, what if Liar Liar took place in Christmas around Christmas time? Do you think that could be turned into a Christmas movie? How so? Oh, I don't. I guess I don't understand exactly what you mean. Just the fact that he can't tell a lie at Christmas. Well, uh, it was all about his son. His son. He he was losing his family or his son. His son made a so birthday mad. wish that he could never tell a lie because he kept lying to. Oh, him. that's right. I, I forgot about that part of it. Actually. I mean, are the people writing these articles like concerned? There's not enough Christmas movies. No, no. They, it was have just, they not heard the ma- Hallmark Channel. It was mainly what? just the discussion on with Die Hard being. Yeah. Yeah, and I gotta say, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, if I had to sit down and give like a definitive, do you think Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not? I'd say no. Yeah. Definitely say no. But I don't have any problem accepting it as one either. You know, like watching it as a Christmas movie. Would putting a Christmas tree in the scene in Terminator where he walks into the the I'll be back scene where he walks into the uh, police station. Like, would that make that a Christmas movie? For you know? some people. Yeah, yeah. yeah good. For some people. What I, I just saw online the other day. I don't even remember what Walker, not Walker, fucking <laughs> Chuck Norris movie it is, but it's an old one before Walker, Texas Ranger. And uh, people were saying that it was a Christmas movie just because at one point of the movie, he's in a mall that has Christmas decorations uh, and like, no, trees and no, shit in the no. background. I was like, no, I mean, that has nothing to do with Christmas. I mean, I know a bunch of people that don't take their Christmas decorations down until after uh, Valentine's Day, so maybe oh, Valentine's God, Day. That no geez. way. <laughs> it is so refreshing to have that shit put away after the holidays and to have all that room back in your in your living room and stuff. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But out of the all the articles that I read that were disputing, going back and forth either way about whether they are and why it would be and the reason why it could be and couldn't be, was one of the uh, uh, one of the reasons it's called a movie is considered a Christmas movie had to do with like family and the family coming together. Okay. And one comment and it, it ended at saying that Die Hard probably isn't a Christmas movie. And then one comment at the end of the whole article, a lady said. Well, the reason why he went to the Nakatomi Plaza was to meet up with his wife to try to make amends. <laughs> so in the end, it could have that family aspect to it and make geez. it a Christmas movie. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> oh, my God. It was so funny. I was laughing that's so some hard. reaching. I know. I <laughs> and sometimes oh. they have to do with gifts, and he brought a gift to Teddy Bear for his kid, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Being generous, being generous, but again, I'm not. I'm not going to dispute it one way or the other. For me personally, not so much. But yeah, same here. I'll watch it at Christmas and still be happy, and I don't care if anyone wants to call it as such. Whatever. whatever. Like to make the comment just to hear people, yeah, groan and grumble. Just to... it's just when somebody opens a conversation with that, you're just like, all right, I'm all, well, I'm already done with you. Yeah. I guess when you get when you get burned out of all the traditional ones to the point where you want to watch something that's refreshing on the holidays, I mean. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I get burned out on my Christmas movies. Yeah, I do. I do. Do you? for sure. <laughs> and I guess that's why I don't watch so many of them anymore. Because um, you know, Christmas Story, Family va- or Christmas Vacation. These are all great movies, but right. I've seen them so many times that I just I can't stomach it. And you know, Elf is good, but Will Ferrell just kind of grates on me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. 
bit much sometimes. And um, that's one of my favorites. I don't care. I, I mean, I like. Hey, them all, but let me clarify right <laughs> quick. I am not putting that movie down. It is a great film. Love that film and. That film very much in the same uh, vein as Mariah Carey's All I uh, What's that song? All I Want, All for, I want Christmas. for Christmas Is You. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we got to see a standard, a classic, be born. You know, right mm. in front of us because it's going to go down, and that movie's going to stand it. That's uh, that's a, that's a wonderful life, right? right there, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yep. I will say it's better now that I have kids that I can watch these movies with them and kind of re-experience it through their eyes. That it helps with the burnout a little, but. That would be true. So yeah, watching them enjoy it would be a whole nother game, I imagine. Yeah. Sure. So when my son gets old enough to watch Die Hard, maybe I'll make it a Christmas thing and just <laughs> add to the cycle. How old is he? He's eight. Eight? Oh, he should be not too soon. Getting not there. too far away. Yeah, yeah. Another six months or so, right? Yeah. <laughs> I already accidentally showed him Monty Python and the Holy Grail, but you know. Oh, there's nothing nah, bad in that yeah. one. I thought he was going to say showed him porn by accident. <laughs> I was like, put some hair on his chest, yeah. you know? <laughs> or palm. Or palm, yeah. however you put it. <laughs> All right, well, very good. Interesting. Yeah, what does make a Christmas movie a Christmas movie when it enters that gray area? Love Actually was actually a big, big uh, one of the topics on that one, too, because even though it takes place during Christmas, it's technically, you really can't say it is, but it is. Mm. That, one, that one's a really mm. tough one. I mean, Just Friends, the Ryan Reynolds movie, but would it, fall into that, too. There are heavy Christmas themes. I mean, they do... There is, yeah. Like, there's the Christmas pageant that everyone's getting ready for. There's mm-hmm. the whole church. I've I watched that movie for the first time after we talked to Doug Jones the one Christmas oh, here, here yeah. at the cabin. and You hadn't seen it before, then? Nope. Really? Did no, you, he you inspired it? me. Yeah, it was really good. I yeah, enjoyed it. It's a good film. Yep. Good film. Watched I watched it by uh, myself. Really? <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting that. Um, okay. I have my pants on. Jack, how much eggnog have you had? I don't know. Too I don't much. Think there's any too more. much. Let me uh, throw another lot. Well, looks like we're out of firewood here. Um, we'll run the back. We'll okay. get some really quick. What in the hell? Oh, shit. Does anybody knock around here? Kyle, why are you in our cabin? Your cabin? Nobody was here when I got here. That doesn't <laughs> doesn't mean you can just come in. How long have you been here? Uh, what day is it? Uh, uh Monday? Man, it's been at least a solid year. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and you're just sitting back here on the firewood. Why didn't you let us know you were here? We've been here for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, I walked in and... I saw this firewood. I, I just kind of got stuck. <laughs> hard, hard to resist a pile of wood, isn't it? It's it's true. It's very true. <laughs> well, do you want to come out and hang out with us and the guys? Uh, no, I think I'll just stay in here. Just no, I'm I'm good. I, I got my own thing going on right want, now. No, no, you're good. That, no, no, you're you're good. Hang out in the wood. Yeah, yeah. You sure we got nog? Yeah, we... no, no, I'm good. I, I got everything I need right here. Okay, well, man, I feel kind of weird about just. Leaving you back here, so yeah, I feel kind of weird at you barging in on me in here. Well, it is our place. I mean, I mean, that's what you keep it's saying. It's called the Candare Christmas Cabin. I mean, I did think that was kind of weird when I walked in. It is weird. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's very weird. But you know, we gotta rank and bass this son of a bitch up somehow. So yeah, that's fair. That's what we got. That's what we got. Yeah. Well, I guess I can sit back here and hang out with you for a minute. I, I mean, I, as long as you don't have to get back to yeah. masturbating or something. No, I mean, no, I, no, come on. I, what, on the wood? Are you kidding mm. me? 
You can't use firewood. You can't do that. Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm, I'll take your word for it. Good. <laughs> so how have you been, Kyle? It's been a while since you've been on the show. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a minute. Episode 254, and this is 326. Wow, wow that's a solid like hundred that. and some change. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Well, it's good to have you back, man. So we've never talked to you about Christmas. It's true. We, it's we've true. never talked about Christmas. I guess we're going to awkwardly talk about Christmas back here on the firewood while everyone's I mean, out there around the fire warm and drinking nog. But I mean, since you're so set in your fucking ways, you don't got to be awkward about it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's uh, let's talk Christmas a little bit. Do you have a uh, favorite gift you ever received? Um, yeah, when I was uh, a wee lad in high school, um, I got an Xbox One for Christmas, and uh, yeah, it was pretty solid. I was very excited. Yeah. As as any kid, I think, would be. I think I got my Xbox One for Christmas as well. I wasn't a kid, though. I, I only, only had it about four years, and the thing's already junked out on me. So Nice. Good on you, Microsoft. Good on <laughs> you. But now I remember um, 1989 Christmas getting my Nintendo. Oh, hell yeah. Coming out, and it was hooked up to the television. I've told this on the show before, but... I came out, saw it was hooked up, ran straight past the tree and the gifts, straight to the Nintendo. Boom. And played. And uh, this is on video. You can hear my parents like, Jerry, open up your gifts. Like I'm being made to open my gifts. Pulled from the Nintendo. Oh, no. I mean, what what is going to be in those boxes that can yeah, top? Yeah, gives a fuck? What's there? You already opened the one I wanted. Right. <laughs> right. You've done the work for me. Let me play. Yeah, no, it was um, it was good because uh, I'm a big gamer. I don't mm-hmm. know if I've talked about that on the show or not. So. Oh, I think so. You and your brother. Yeah, we uh, we shared the Xbox, and then um, after I saved up enough money at my job, I got my own Xbox, and then we would play multiplayer games together. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, things you couldn't uh, split mm-hmm. screen co op. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, it was a good way to get me back into gaming because the only thing we had at the time was a 360 that overheated. That was the oh my god, 360. I mean, had some good games, but the shit the console gave you just didn't make it worth it. Hell yeah! And there's so it's so funny because you know since Randy has uh, come on the show, we've gone to some gaming cons, and he's uh, even at his house. You know, these people have. 360s people that deal in gaming oh yeah have 360s stacked like the cordwood you're sitting on there kyle yeah it's they're insane. a dime a dozen a dime a dozen and um yeah i think he can uh, refurbish them to make them play really nice and i ought to talk to him about mm. that because he's i mean i think he has fucking 20 of them in this one room <laughs> they're everywhere that's insane <laughs> well i mean he knows how to work on them that's so true. it's like having like 20 chevys in the back you know you can always pull parts off from oh yeah I don't know. Maybe that wasn't a good analogy. But anyway, let's 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 move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about a favorite Christmas movie, Kale? Uh, favorite Christmas movie is going to be one that is probably similar to a lot of people, and a lot of people probably hate it as well. Is a uh, Christmas Vacation. Um, oh, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anyone who hates it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not that I hate it per se. It's still my favorite Christmas movie, um, mm-hmm. and I and I dislike it in recent years for the same reason. Uh, my family watches it every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, so that's uh, I enjoy it because I, I enjoy I don't know, family time, bonding, things like that. Mm-hmm. I know it's cheesy. That's what I like, and uh, it's a funny movie. But when you see it, I'm 22. When you've seen it, uh, you know, 18 times in your life, it yeah. uh, it starts to wear on you a bit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you talk about the family togetherness aspect, and the reason why that probably rings true, or or that movie does that for you, is because it's a look at the family aspect at Christmas 
I wouldn't say in a, in the reality aspect, but closer to reality than a lot of these uh, bullshit movies, Hallmarks pumping oh, yeah. out and stuff, you know. And have you seen 100. Netflix is like yeah. jumping on the wagon of the just the shit cheese Christmas movies? But yep. the thing is, people watch them. They do. People watch the fuck out of them. They do. They definitely do. I don't get it, Kyle. Yeah, I don't get it either. I can never sit down and watch like a a cheesy Christmas movie. Like even Christmas Carol kind of pushes it in recent years. Like not that, you know, I love Jim Carrey, but he's no Scrooge. No, you can sit in silence on cordwood, but you can't sit and watch a cheesy Christmas movie. That I cannot and will not do. (laughs) I got nothing. All right. (laughs) I got nothing. I got nothing. How about a favorite Christmas song, sir? Uh, Favorite Christmas song, which again, it's another popular is uh, joy to the world. Mm. Um, for me, it brings back uh, memories of, you know, going to church and the better memory of the service being over, because that's always yeah. the last thing that we sing. And then we blow out the candles and then I get to go home and then tomorrow's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's really cool because I don't know, being around people is kind of my thing. So I enjoy going, hanging out with people at church for like what seems like forever and mm-hmm. then going home, seeing all the presents under the tree that Santa Claus or whoever put there mm-hmm. um yeah and then it's just fond memories i guess it's a part of a uh, string of great memories yeah that's a good it. way to put it i can't get three dog night out of my head right now <laughs> uh, that's that's the joy to the world i'm hearing right now good good <laughs> <laughs> both great songs though yeah definitely great for different reasons both great songs yes yes it's it's fun to uh hear all the you know of our friends and stuff picks when it comes to christmas mm-hmm. favorites because we you know me and jack have already said ours a million times we've we've been picking randy's brain in the other room about his mm-hmm to have you sitting back here creepily in cordwood, it's it's a gift in itself. Yeah, get... I mean, that's what people tell me when they find me in these rooms. <laughs> <laughs> one more thing. Last year we talked about uh, favorite or least favorite Christmas ornaments. you have one of those? Oh, wow. Um, I do, and it's actually from recent years. So, uh, like I said, I am 22 now. I was 21 last year. Mm-hmm. Drinking became a very big part of my life. Oh. Uh, socially, not sadly. Um, <laughs> Not while in the bathtub. Yes, once. Um, no, it was uh, Smirnoff every year puts out a Christmas ornament bottle. It's a little what? bottle of uh, 40% peppermint vodka, and you drink it, and then there's a little string that comes with it, and you hang it up on your tree. Wow. So it's so there's it, definitely a frat house covered in that shit somewhere. 100%. It's wow. not my house. We only have two. Well, I I I know I did I didn't think it would be your guys' <laughs> place, but I'm, I'm th- bet you there's a frat house somewhere that has a tree just literally every in that year. Shit. Every know. year they probably hang it up. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's pretty it's good. Great marketing gimmick, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I bought two of them and made Kinda some. Makes me want to buy one. Made some pretty uh, killer hot chocolate. Can't go wrong with Smirnoff, can? You? Oh yeah. Wow. Well, we're drinking eggnog and paint thinner out here. We don't have any Smirnoff. That would have been a nice touch. But... Yeah, no, I'm um, I got wood. Ah, we got turpentine. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, two great tastes, am I right? <laughs> All right, man. Well, I better get back in there. I mean, it's still really weird. You're chilling back here. You should just come out, hang out with us, but... No, um, I, I think I'll just stay back here. You don't want them to think that, you know, you're back here just sitting on a pile of wood like a weirdo, am I right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, if I'd known you'd been here, I'd have brought you a gift. I, I don't have a gift for you. So yeah, no, I, no, you're fine. Um, I actually, I, I do have a gift for you. 
Really? I do. Weirdly enough, I was prepared. Um, here is your little gift. Go ahead and open it, my friend. Oh, man, thanks so much. It's so nice of you. you oh, yeah, no. Do yeah, don't think anything of it. A giving cactus. It is a giving cactus. Oh, Kyle. Now this is a gift that keeps on giving. It is a gift that keeps on giving, and a couple summers from now, it'll be frisbee-shaped, and you can use it. Oh, my God. Summer fun <laughs> in the backyard, Kyle. What a gift. Thank you so much. Of course. And you enjoy your solitude on the cordwood back here, all right? I will. Don't tell anybody I'm back here. I, I won't, man. I really won't. Don't. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep you to that. Well, enjoy your silence. I will enjoy the show. And Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you too. All right, here's the firewood. If you want to throw some of that on while I uh, get out my Christmas reading here in Candare fashion style, and I'm not gonna read "Twas the Night Before Christmas." No, no, that's cheesy shit, right? Right. We're just sitting here saying how we don't like the same old traditional movies, music. Right. We right. Kind of do things our own way. I found this comic book probably like four, five years ago with the intent of using it in a Christmas episode. Okay. And every Christmas episode we've done up until this point, I've had no reason to because they've just been full of material already. There's no need to stop and talk about this Christmas comic. We did a comic once like three years ago, I think. Did we? Maybe it was four years ago. What was it? No, because mine was Hellboy. I think was it, was maybe that wasn't the Christmas oh, one. Oh, I do know maybe what you're. No, no, that was a Susie and Miguel. Miguel. Yeah, we did That's do right. it. Yeah, we did do that. It was all Christmas themed comics because mm-hmm. we we did a regular episode just with a light Christmas theme, kind of like Die Hard. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Christmas adjacent. They called yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We're now we're balls to the wall. Christmas right. up in this biatch, you know. Anyway, this comic I have here is the all-new, all-daring Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. You'd better watch out. On the front, we see a very menacing guy dressed as Santa, holding a gun up next to his head, wearing some Terminator-looking glasses. He is a bad Santa indeed, Jack. Well put. This comic starts with this uh, guy running out of of a department store with a stolen gift, just pushing people to the side and... Spidey catches up with, with him in the alley and says, uh, maybe I should, you know, let this guy go. It is Christmas because he's begging, let me go. Because, yeah, every time I let someone go, it always bites me in the ass. I mean, that's how my Uncle Ben was lost, you know, right. so he doesn't let him go. And the people, uh, the store owner and the cop catch up with him and he spins some sob story and they end up letting him go, which kind of, for some reason, uh, you know, Irks Spider-Man a little bit, like, oh, all right, I guess I could have done that, you know. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, uh, there's a lot of things in this issue too that are just kind of one-off little blurby things that really don't. Is it kind of like a what if? Scenario? No, it's not okay. a what if at all. It plays into the main story, but there's okay. a few things here and there that are just they, they might only be there because in the greater scope of the story they make sense but just having this one-off issue it's like what the fuck she in there for okay Uh, okay. does that make sense yeah yeah yeah. okay so he uh shows up peter parker then he shows him walking into the bugle where there's supposed to be some big toy drive happening and there's uh no toys he's like what's going on around here and no one's in the christmas mood and i saw it no one's given this year peter and He's just kind of put off by it and not so much in a Christmas mood. He's like, oh, I'm going to call Aunt May. And 
see what she wants to do for Christmas. And she's like, oh, well, you know, uh, Mary Jane and uh, her aunt, well, I never remember her, Anna Watson, I think her name is, are coming in from out of town for Christmas dinner. And for some reason, Peter's in a very kind of bah humbug, kind of sad sack mood. Where he's like, oh, well, she must not have time for me then. And kind of just says, all right, we'll talk to you later. And kind of hangs up abruptly while she's like, Peter? Oh, okay. Well, I'll let, I'll let you go. You know, like she mm. doesn't know why he rushed off, but um, and then you see like uh, Mary Jane on her own right being like, "Man, I can't wait for this uh, this get together. It's going to be good to see Peter." While he's sad sacking around, you know, he's also like trying to hit up Robbie, Robbie Robertson. Is that his name at the yeah. bugle? Say, hey, Robbie, uh, do anything this Christmas? I don't have any plans. And he's like, "Sorry, Pete. You know, my son's coming in from out of town, doing some." family stuff so you know pete kind of looks down kicks a rock <laughs> <It's> really, <laughs> really playing out like a christmas sitcom special kind of yeah, really, kind of yeah. and um so from there we cut to a department store macy's attention macy's shoppers your last chance to see the one the only santa claus and it shows uh well, there's quite a few santa claus dressed up around the store but one in particular there's a little boy sitting on uh, his lap saying he wants Raiders of the Lost Ark on VHS for Christmas. Oh. If that dates this comic <laughs> yeah, at all. <laughs> just slightly. Because his mom just got a brand new VCR and television. Mm. VCR and television. Yeah, yeah. And this Santa, who's really kind of a crook, is taking note of what young Jordy is telling him. Mm, writing this all down. He says, hey... Uh, you say you and your mom live alone and you have a new VCR. Hey, where do you live, kid? You know? So he gets this information from the kid and he's jotting it down all sinister in his little book down oh, here in Jesus. the corner. Says, uh, don't worry, Jordy. I won't forget a thing you asked for, you know? So then it cuts back to Peter Parker who's sitting in his apartment, half dressed as Spider-Man, half naked, just kind of sitting around in a mess. Like, what am I going to do with myself this Christmas? So he decides, I'm going to call up Harry Osborn. So he calls Harry, and Harry is with his baby, with a child. And anything Peter tries to say to him is interrupted by baby crying and Harry fussing with the baby. He says, oh, sorry, Peter, can't hear no you. What's time that? for Pete. He's like, I was wanting to see if you wanted to hang out for Christmas. Oh, the baby just spit up. I'm sorry, Pete, I didn't hear you. What was that? I'll catch you later, Harry. Hangs up. He's like, woe is me. Hmm. Woe is fucking Peter. <laughs> and here comes one of these moments that for some reason just kind of pops up for no reason. And we cut to Felicia Hardy uh, chilling at her pad saying that it's been a while since she's been out as the black cat. And tonight... She's going out as the black cat. So she does. And as while she's out, she comes across two robbers who have just broken into a fur uh, store, like a uh, fur coats. You know? Okay. Catches up with them in the alley, beats them down and grabs these furs. And she goes, you know, black cat has always walked the line of hero and criminal. I think tonight I'm going to be a criminal. And tonight black cat has just got these two new nice mink coats <laughs> until she sees these two women freezing around a burning barrel in an mm. alley. And she's like, well, they need them more than I do. So I think maybe the character was just brought in at this moment just to show that Christmas giving spirit. Yeah. You know? Because just as quick as she shows up and beats their ass and hands these coats off, she's gone hmm. and doesn't come back. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> we cut back to Peter, who's now looking in his fridge. It has only two uh, bottles of either soda or beer. 
Soda. Uh, so, probably yeah. soda the square. <laughs> and he's sitting there with his Spider-Man suit in the chair adjacent from him. He's like, I guess it's only you and me tonight, buddy. <laughs> what was me? Cut to the uh, apartment right next door. How uh, convenient. I mean, thank you. You took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. How fucking convenient indeed. The kid and the mom with the TV and VCR? Yes, right next door, Jack. Well, with half-naked Spider-Man running her, rooting around through his fridge. <laughs> this mother wakes up to noises in the kitchen, and she walks out to see Santa Claus standing there. The sinister Santa Claus from Macy's putting the TV and VCR in the bag. Oh, God. She had to have put her life savings into that VCR. Mm-hmm. Right. And there it goes. There it goes. And the next thing you know, uh, Spider-Man next door, Peter next door, his spider sense is tingling. His spider sense so. is going off, but nothing here. <laughs> it must be next door. So <laughs> Directly next door. <laughs> he suits up, busts through the window, webs up the dude's gun, and uh, he starts running out of the apartment building, and, the guy, and Spider-Man starts to chase him. And all these tenants come running out and getting in his way, obstructing his view from shooting a web. He's He runs to the roof and busts out through the roof door. And when he gets out onto the roof, no one's there. He's gone. It's Santa for real. Fireman's like, what the fuck? The, the tracks just end. They're just gone. He's just <clears throat> nowhere to be found. And they actually did like a uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas style thing for the night the bad Santa bust in their oh, apartment. Awesome. So, <clears throat> if I may. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, except for one louse. Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun! Our hero lay sleeping with Teddy in arm, a gag gift from MJ to keep him from harm. And next door to Peter, "'twas equally still, through the window now open, had let in a chill. Dear Randy and Candy both snoozed in their beds, well, visions of Tom Selleck danced through their heads. Oh, Jesus, Magnum. Magnum. We're really dating this shit, aren't yeah. we? <laughs> but Bambi was restless, and wind through the door served only to waken our heroine more. And then, from the living room, she heard a noise and figured that Jordan was opening toys. That shit didn't rhyme. No, huh? <laughs> I think they're just kind of giving up on the rhyme <laughs> scheme about halfway through. My son couldn't wait was Bambi's surmise. But when Bambi walked out, she stopped in short surprise. I must be dreaming. Stick him up, bitch! No. <laughs> wow. That, that's kind of what it is, though. It's Santa holding the gun on her. So, <laughs> so anyway. An adult. Right. Cutting back. This guy has run to the roof. Spider-Man has chased him to the roof. And when he gets there, the robber dressed as, spider, as, as Santa is gone. Okay. As if by magic. As if by magic. Cut to the next morning. Peter wakes up. Says, hey, you got to get down here to the Daily Bugle. You know, this toy drive that wasn't doing so well is now overflowing with gifts. There's this Santa here. Hmm. So he's like, oh, all right, coming down. Could it be the Santa? He goes no down. It's Merry Christmas, children. It's the thieving Santa. Uh... Who's had a one hell of a change of heart. Hmm. They're like, well, what's... So what, this thief has given away other people's gifts? He's like, no. This guy showed up with all this stuff legit. Mm. No idea where all these toys came from. But he came with them. It's on the up and up. This guy's doing a good deed today. So Peter sees, you know, he's handing out these gifts. And, you know, he's aware that this is the same criminal from the night before. And he walks up to him and he goes, Oh, you must have heard about my bad deeds or something. Because I'm a changed man. And he goes, I've got something here for you. Something I was told to give to you. And he pulls out a note. 
of his pocket and hands it to Peter and he opens it up and all it says is call your aunt Merry Christmas and you see her here ho 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 in the background so this is a note from Santa Claus Mm. it was obviously Santa who Mm. stopped him on the roof and Santa's gift to him is saying stop being such an asshat and call your family quit being emo exactly Quit being emo Spider-Man from... Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Yes, thank you, and go call them. So he does and understands that, you know, that nobody's wanting to spend time with him was all a big misunderstanding, and that everyone had always the whole time planned on spending time with him. And uh, that is the end of said comic, and I thought it was a good little Christmas addition yeah. to uh, the show, but uh, I've got to say, I don't know, I know who wrote this actually i do know who wrote this ironically so the con with kevin and canton mm-hmm. uh what was that last year last year yes. uh, let's see kevin eastman and canton the other special guest there was a comic artist by the name or a comic writer by the name of peter david okay who when i walked past his table had no body there i felt so bad for the dude um but I didn't stop either because I wasn't aware of anything <laughs> mm-hmm. until now. He wrote this book. Really? Oh, cool. His, 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 his credit's in the back. Oh, I opened up to where it wasn't showing his credit. But, you know, why is Spider-Man so popular? Because he's the everyman. Right. Mm-hmm. He has weaknesses. He's plagued by sickness. He's plagued by debt, by bills, by tr- uh, troubles with romance. So we, we have that relatability factor. But this is the first time I've seen him... In, in the human condition of just being an asshole. Mm. Just being up his own ass. Because like, we've all been there. Right? Yeah, we've say, all it's done easy that. to do that. Get a yeah. hold of everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It seems like they're too busy for you. It's, it's cool to see holidays. your yeah. hero have trouble with the same shit you're having trouble with, like money and stuff. But right. it's another thing to see your hero be like, wow, he acts like a dickhead like I can be sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like... Kind of checks yourself. Right. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It does. And that's... Um, Man, all good Marvel comics kind of do that in one way or another. There's always Mm -hmm. an underlying theme there. And uh, I guess it kind of made me check myself. I've kind of been bugging this uh, season because holidays are never the best of times for me. But I'm kind of getting in the mood now. This this comic is kind of making me pull my head out of my ass a little bit. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah. So the bad Santa robbed the place and met up with the real Santa on the rooftop. Yes, real Santa. And uh, real Santa changed the guy's Changed mind. his tune somehow. So the cover yeah. of that comic looks like the movie Cobra with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> it does. Wearing a uh, Santa hat. Or yeah. Terminator. Just, or Terminator. Just dressed up as Santa, yeah. Um, do, do you see real Santa? Does he actually look like that? Is you that... don't see real ah. Santa, no. But that's how the bad guy looks. Oh, okay. The only okay. thing you see of real Santa is like what you ever saw of Nanny and the Muppet Babies, like her feet. You, know, you, okay. you never saw above the uh, knee. <laughs> it it kind of made kind of like a side, little side profile thing gotcha. in there, but yeah. You, so they they tell they let you know it's Santa. But. I I kind of was hoping it'd be Santa turning yeah. a gun like you motherfuckers better behave. <laughs> you guys hear that? There's someone at the door. I think. Let me go grab that really quick. Wasn't expecting anybody. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, from uh, TV's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Zordon himself, Mr. David J. Fielding. David, thank you so much for being here. Ho, ho, ho. It is I, Zordon Claus. Welcome, welcome. 
Sword on claws. I love it. Oh, man. Never ceases to amaze. Every time it just makes the hair on my arm stand up. Well, I'm just a floating head. It usually does that to people. You know, that <laughs> Has that effect. How Luckily, have you been, it fits sir? through the door. Yeah. <laughs> How have you been? I've been okay. Not bad. That's good. Good. You ready for the holidays, sir? As much as I can be, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, what about you guys? How's shopping going with I everybody? I feel like it kind of snuck up on us this year, to be yeah, honest I with you. I think it did with everybody. Not yet. We, we've been done for a couple weeks. Oh, well, look who was prepared. First time ever. Oh, first wow. time ever. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of the shopping. Not a fan of the shopping. Uh, any big plans for you, David? Not at all. No, it's going to be a very quiet uh, end of 2019 for me. So I'm, I'm so kind of looking forward to that. Just yeah. kind of hunkered down and hibernating. Very envious. So very envious of you. I want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Well, as uh, anyone who listens to this show knows, is uh, when we get around David, there's one thing we got to do, and that's uh, talk the movies that have come out since uh, we last spoke to him. Not all the movies, but more importantly, like the comic book movies. And um, boy, is there one, a big one hanging out there. We've got to talk about The Joker. I mean, the first rated R movie to break a billion dollars. That is crazy, Mm. isn't it? Mm -hmm. And awesome at the same time. And I was uh, very curious, David, one, to hear your stance on it, because uh, I I feel like a long time ago we were having a discussion. I don't even remember what movie we were talking about, but you had either uh, voiced concern or... You just, uh, I don't remember exactly what you said about the villains in movies now getting the spotlight. spotlight, And I was just kind of curious what your uh, stance on the Joker was, what you thought of the movie. Well, if I remember correctly, I think my thought is, or or was, uh, that glorifying villains is kind of a bad idea. Yes, Uh, yes, that's what it was. As far as the Joker is concerned, I, I don't see it as a glorification of a villain. Coming from an acting background uh, as a teenager and, and someone who college who spent a lot of time studying the craft of acting and, and wanting to do that with part of my life, I thought the performance aspect of it was amazing. It's, it's a really fascinating portrayal of a very troubled individual. Joaquin's Phoenix's ability to create that, uh, what he did physically, the depths that he plumbed as far as exploring the emotional bleakness and um, tortured mind of this individual, I thought was a one of you know it, it it's up there with one of the the great performances of all time. I mean, you know, people people are going to compare it to Brando's Don Corleone or uh, De Niro's Raging Bull. I mean, it's it was a masterful performance. That I mean, I mean, it was a a people will study that. Yeah. In class, they'll they'll they will use that as an example of this is how you do some things. Now, what that does to an actor emotionally and mentally, I mean, that's that's another. Category altogether. Yeah, I mean. uh, uh, you know, hearing the stories from the set about you know uh, how uh, how he would just leave, or um, you know, because he was so in character, he couldn't deal with you know normal everyday reality. He just you know sort of like stayed as the character, or he would just leave the set because he was just too too fragile or whatever. So um, as far as what kind of uh, pressure or um, I don't want to use the word damage because I, I, I can't speak to that. It did 
anything like that. But you have to be concerned about uh, the fragility of the psyche when you, when you go that deep into a part. What I what I would like to just to talk about the movie is what everybody felt about it because I I have. I had my own reactions. I only saw it once. Uh, I saw it a few days after it opened. I, I had waited for like uh, the majority of the crowds to to go away so I could start, sort of see it in a in a semi-empty theater and just sort of like uh, take it all in. So, I mean, what were your thoughts on it? Man, you're you are nailing it all really well on the head. <laughs> Everything you're saying is so spot on. I, I enjoyed it. I'm not liking how everyone's running with the theories of like, well, maybe the whole movie was a dream sequence and stuff. I don't I don't know. Maybe it was, but I don't think so. Yeah. Um take it for what it is, essentially. <clears throat> yeah, I mean I've heard people say just, you know, uh, like a one off character study kind of a thing. I, I love I love that approach to it you know it wasn't it wasn't blockbustered up it wasn't here's your hero here's your villain here's your fight you know it was an in-depth character study of this broken individual mm -hmm. and my god what an awesome i don't know it was just so it was so cool i would love to see other characters other villains done in the same light you know i can't think of one off the top of my head at this moment but um man it'd be cool it'd be really cool to see it's it's very interesting to see how the city of Gotham, which you know has has been a part of the Batman mythology from day one, mm -hmm. and how the city of Gotham and its crazy citizens or, or denizens, some of some of its crazy denizens, have become so familiar to us. So uh, everybody knows who the Riddler is. Everybody knows who the Penguin is. You know. Right. Catwoman, Scarecrow, all of, all of these larger-than-life people that inhabit a single city. And you really have – it's really amazing that – I don't think it ever started – It meant they meant it to be that way from the beginning. It was just sort of a setting where their guy in a cave could run around and punch a uh, funny guy who wore question marks in the face. Mm -hmm. right. That was the setting. But now it has become such a part of our pop culture psyche – it's really an interesting way to discover how fractured pop culture ideology is. I mean, that's that's the wonderful thing about comic books and uh, these characters is that you can use them to tell some really interesting in-depth stories about the human condition. Right. So what I found fascinating about the movie was that the overall setting was just hinted at, that they never stated anything i don't think it, they ever said anything on the news like this is gotham news or anything like that i don't think they ever lingered on a shot that said this was the gotham daily times newspaper right i mean there was that one shot of arkham asylum which by the way i think one of the most brilliant shots in the whole movie is when he's riding up in the elevator with the guy on the gurney who's screaming yes. and it's completely silent the tension in that scene the way how that sort of even though you can't hear it you know the sound is impacting Joaquin's character in such a physical ways that he has to shrink against the wall to try to get away from it. I mean, it's it's that kind of moment that I think is 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 really brilliant. Yeah, I found it to be a very bleak film. Oh yeah, I, I'm not really sure if the last five or six seven minutes of the film worked. Um, I, I felt the talk show segment of the show to be the least believable or or the most comic booky of the moments in the film sure i can uh, see that mm -hmm. i love it, it but... 
Yeah, I mean, it, se- <laughs> it really seemed kind of over the top and kind of, <laughs> I hate to use this term, jokey. Uh, but um, I, I guess I was, we had been building and building and building and building towards this climax. And when the climax finally came, I don't know, the, the payoff didn't really work for me. And the the riots in the streets and the overturning of the vehicle and and him getting out and the smile on his face. I mean, it didn't really feel like the clown prince of crime. And this this was the rise of the clown prince of crime. It, it just really felt like this guy kind of lucked into being the psycho that got away with it. I can see exactly what you're saying. And I, man, I I guess I've had those thoughts without even realizing I've had those thoughts. I think you're absolutely right. But I also look at it as like step one in creating the Joker. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think there's, they've they've said they're going to do a sequel. Correct. That's what I've heard. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I I understand that. And and I I think you're right in the in the fact that uh, both Batman and the Joker were not, tactical brilliant geniuses right from the go- moment go i mean they grew they grew into those archetypes over the years and over the different storytellers and how many different writers and artists you know portray these characters until we get to the point now where we understand that batman is this uh <laughs> he's a psychopath genius himself but his psychopath is basically you know geared towards making sure that justice is served <laughs> sometimes in the most harshest ways possible, but uh, <laughs> uh, the Joker has also developed into this uh, maniacal genius that puts together these plans that don't look plans, but then end up being plans and then claiming that, you know, he's just a dog chasing cars. Uh, so, but so it didn't really feel like he was heading in that direction quite yet, especially since at the end he was back in the asylum. Uh, you know, he had been right. caught or whatever. Had he been let loose on the loose to sort of like go to a someplace where he could ruminate and really sort of like, what's the next step? But now the next step seems like, well, who's going to bust him out? Or why would they bust Harley him? Harley Quinn comes in, I bet. Oh, I hope not. I hope they don't do that. I hope not. That's where she starts working with him and getting him out and she changes or he changes her over. <laughs> yeah, uh, Gary. Going back to what you said earlier, David, about the uh, the psyche and the effect of the character on the actor. You know, when they said that they are going to do a sequel, the first place my mind went to was like, that dude's going to have to lose all that weight again mm, and get yeah, back yeah. there. Because if you uh, look at interviews, I mean, obviously it was not easy. It was a kind of a grueling thing to do. Lose all Some that people, weight. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he said. Yeah, I saw an interview where he said he 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 went to them and said, "Can we go the other way? Can we make him fat?" And uh, I guess uh, the director and uh, everybody else was like, "No, no, no. He has to be the thin, thin guy." So yeah. you know, he forced himself to get thin. So yeah, some some actors and and some people have the ability to to suffer through that, or 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 they have the genetic ability to um, to morph. You know to yeah. Know, lose the weight, put on the weight, lose the weight, put on the weight, you know, and that's that's great. They also have the ability to have trainers and nutritionists to, you know, yeah, that's just it. That's for sure. like that. I mean I mean you look at Kumail Najiani for the Eternals and what a what a beast he's become because of their training regimen or whatever. Um but uh my curiosity is exactly how did Joker get a billion dollars? I mean I, I have my 
my thoughts about that. Uh, I, I I think that it's it's just a lot of repeat viewings. A lot of the same people went to go see it again and again and again and again and again because I'm I'm not sure that billion dollars was all from like individual separate ticket holders. No, no I, uh, I saw it twice. It had to be multiples, yeah. Even though yeah. it wasn't me, but you know, I and um, you know, David said something about it. You know, it's not a uplifting <clears throat> film, or it doesn't end on a high note, or anything like that. He's absolutely right. And the second viewing wasn't. I mean, it was a good viewing, but yeah, it's not like the Avengers or something. You can go see and leave pumped and stuff. You leave thinking like, oh my god, that poor son of a bitch. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> why did I put my true self through this again? Yeah, because I mean, you wear that stress. I mean, yeah. you really oh, do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, at the end of that movie, we see the first few days he's found himself. The first few days where he's laughed genuinely for the first time. So, yeah, I'm so excited to see the sequel and uh, just see a whole movie where he has, you know, either begun to or has found himself. I just hope it's I think it will be, but I just hope it's done well and doesn't cheapen this first film because i i really enjoyed the fact that it it came at the city of gotham and the the character from a completely different angle that we've we've never seen before as as much as uh like like you said you'd like to see other villains be treated the same way it's like what what if we did it with other characters from from the gotham universe what if we did a whole movie about jim gordon or uh you know, maybe Harvey Dent, you know, leading up before, you know, he became DA or something like that. I mean, but I I just really enjoyed the fact that the setting was omnipresent. We all knew where it was. Uh, We were all very familiar with it and it was very understated. And I thought that was a great, great way to handle things Um, because it obviously wasn't the uh, Tim Burton, Joel Schumacher, (laughs) gothic nightmare of a city. uh, As much as that's very cool, I mean, you know, and it's not the animated version of the city where everything is is dark and shadows and lights. And uh, I mean, uh, it very much was its own thing and very grounded in reality. But I just really like the fact that that it they came at it from that sort of like, well, let's go in through the side door of Gotham and see what it looks like, and and, sure. and I thought that was great. I mean, the confrontation with with at the Wayne Manor and confronting Thomas Wayne in in the bathroom, I thought was really really cool. Um, I mean, so often Thomas Wayne is sort of like held up as this paragon of virtue that Bruce looked up to, and here we get to see that yeah, he's an asshole. And uh, that was really different scene in that light. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, they were they were playing upon a bunch of things that people are concerned about in the world world now, as far as like you know, eat the rich and all that kind of stuff. Sure. So, I mean, I, th- I thought it was really well done, but I I, I found it was really bleak. And then I, and as I was leaving, I was like, why why was that film necessary? That was that was the question that I kept asking myself. Why was it necessary to have this story told? I'm glad it's out there. I'm I I, I think it's. It's going to be part of the Batman canon now, and people will look at it and, and you know, like I said, they'll study it and, and, and research and stuff like that, and I think that's awesome. But um, I also I, – I have no answer to that question, why was it necessary? And again, I think that that's tied in with my own thoughts about the, the caution of glorifying bad guys. Sure. Uh, so – And it makes total sense. And, you know, they even – 
even the people who made the movies in the theaters, you know, had concerns. I mean, every place I went to see it had signs at the front door, like, if you're even dressed as the Joker, don't even think about walking through the front door. <laughs> I, well, I mean, from some that, of the work that's, that there was because of the, that's because of the tragic thing that happened in Aurora, and we don't sure. know. I know, uh, it. but I mean, there's been, there's so many movies, you know, there's tons of guns and killing in like Mission Impossible. I didn't see any, any kind of, you know, that stuff. I don't know. Obviously right. it's the context of the film I know, but I'd never well, seen well, that The other before. thing that I, that I, I do want to mention about it is that I, I thought that they, they handled really well. Uh, and this is one of the things that made it tough to watch was the, how, how society looks at and treats the mentally unwell. I thought that that was really, really well done. That was um, one of the big takeaways for me. That was one of the. Yeah, I really liked how they uh, they did that. Just walking around in the world amongst other people can be very scary, and how the glue of society is always feels like it's it's one second from coming apart. And and so I, I thought it was important for that for that thing alone. That here here is a character study of a man so close to the edge and we get to see him go over and, and yeah, a lot of people will say, well, you should just go watch taxi driver uh, or whatever. And uh, as far as, you know, what uh, Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese and all those people who are complaining about Marvel movies and stuff like that, it's like, I don't get the whole criminal crime boss is Shakespearean, but superheroes are (laughs) uh, crap. It's a good question to ask. mm -hmm. It really is. I mean, I haven't sat through the Irishman, but I've seen a bunch of people saying, Oh man, I had to, I had to watch it in spurts because it was so long and so drawn out. And I'm like, that's Shakespeare. (laughs) You know, Uh, uh, sometimes Shakespeare can be really awesome. And then other times it's like, Oh my God, just get it over with. (laughs) Well, you know, sometimes you're in the mood for steak. Sometimes you want spaghetti, you know, there's gotta be variety. It can't all be mobster movies. You know, (laughs) we gotta have our, let us have our cake, you know, let us have our movies and quit bashing them. (laughs) And well, that's the thing. It's like, we all know how the mobster movies end. So, when you complain about superheroes all being the same and how they all end the same, you're basically talking about your bombster movies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde, you know, the Godfather, they all end the same. You know, yeah. guy dies. Okay. Yeah. End of story. No sequel. Don't do no. bad things. <laughs> well, I guess Godfather did have a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Two of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm still going to stick with the Marvel movies. But... Yeah. It was awesome to talk about that. I've been dying to uh, pick your brain on it. I'm glad we did. There's a reason we talked with David about the movies because, boy, we see eye to eye. And, and just... again, you know, the caveat is these are just my own thoughts. You know, you, everybody else can have their own thoughts and be, you know, completely uh, 100% correct for them. But uh, I mean, so I'm not standing up on a soapbox saying you should listen to me. And... No, of course not. Of course not. We just enjoy your perspective. David has the answers. that's what we're titling this answers with david (laughs) (laughs) well before we let you go sir before uh, you decide you have to go rather since we're here in the candare christmas Mm -hmm. cabin fetch david a glass of nog how rude of us i can't believe we're just now only doing this and while you're doing isn't the special spiced nog sure it is is. (laughs) only the spiciest (laughs) 
Well, Jack gets that for you. Let's talk a little bit about Glimms. Uh, saw that this is coming out in February, available for pre-order on BarnesandNoble.com. Boy, am I freaking excited because I, I've I've read uh, on Lincoln Bright before. This is an extension of his universe, correct? Yeah, uh, it's really the the it's the first full length novel in a series uh, that introduces re or introduces the character to to most people. Uh, if you've uh, picked up my uh, Oddities book, uh, which has three short novellas, uh, that's the first story where Lincoln appears. Uh, and uh, the Lincoln from the Oddities book is different from the Lincoln in the Glim story. It, the the concept has been more refined. The character has been um, really? honed. Uh, so some of the things that Lincoln talks about uh, from the Buddy Holly story may have changed slightly uh, uh, in the way it's presented in Glimpse. But um, that's the nature of the beast when you write one story in 2013 and then now you publish a novel in 2019. So... Over six years, the concept and the the overall world building has has changed somewhat. So sure. Well, I mean that, that's how creation happens, right? And it, it evolve a little bit. Well, yeah, you keep growing, and, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, I'm so excited to read it. I, so I was thinking it was going to be like a continuation. So it's like a, it's a retelling, reintroduction kind of thing. Very yeah. excited. So, uh, man, I don't know what to ask, what I can ask without spoiling anything. Are you able to? Like say what happens at all, or like what? We sure. Can expect? Uh, uh, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, uh, Lincoln is is what I call an attuned. He's he's uh, somebody who is sensitive to um, things that other people can't see or hear, uh, and what those things uh, manifest as as uh, is what Lincoln calls a glim. Um, you or I might might see that something like that and think it was a ghost or a specter or uh, what other term you might want to pick up from any other version of a phantom that has been presented in books and films previously. But in the world of Lincoln Bright, uh, they're known as glims. And um, one of the things that comes out in the novel is that you, you are introduced to, to a cabal of individuals who uh, are collectively known as the Hermetics. They are a secret society of sorts, and they may be the ones who are responsible for the manifestations of these things. And Lincoln's um, struggle against this nefarious uh, group uh, is is woven into the, the narrative of the story. Uh, we'll, we'll also... Uh, it also explores uh, Lincoln's complicated and um, antagonistic relationship with his former mentor, a, a, a very shrewd and intelligent person by the name of Miss Trina Evangeline Bailey. She is a, uh, an attuned like Lincoln, but she's also very um, – she's aligned herself with these these hermetics. And so they are now sort of – they were once working together, and now they are now sort of on opposite sides of the coin. We'll, we also get to meet uh, a young boy uh, by the name of Petey, whom Lincoln comes to find out is very much like him. 
Oh, really? I see. Maybe it, uh, see, now I've got questions that I know I can't <laughs> ask. So I'm just, sure you, can. you can ask him. I can say, well, I can't answer that right now. <laughs> it just sounds like this, this PD is going, has, is able to see the same glimpse that Lincoln can see. That would be a yes. yes. <laughs> Duh, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to read this, man. Uh, I read Buddy Holly in the Cold, Cold Ground and and loved the character there. And um, speaking on oddities, Willie Conklin's last uh, snipe, that was a great story. I think I've told you that before. But I just wanted to, uh, again, say I love that story. For people who haven't read it, it's kind of like Lord of the Flies meets Stand By Me. Would you say that? That, that's a fair representation, a fair description. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like a twist on the Stand by Me be- from the point of view of the bullies, yeah, the the bad kids or whatever. The Keeper uh, Sutherland. Yeah. Of <laughs> <laughs> you can't shoot us all. Just you, Ace. Just. <laughs> Well, it was a damn good read, and to uh, anybody who's curious, uh, I recommend getting Oddities. It's out right now, and uh, again, you can pre-order Glimms on Barnes & Noble, uh, which is being released February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2020. Ooh. Why did, uh, or was that purely uh, coincidental, Valentine's Day? I, I think it was just coincidental. Uh, there's a new cover for the hardcover coming out, so I'll be posting that on my social media, too. I'm, uh, we're waiting on the artist to deliver that and it's that'll be a full color cover the, the the cover that's on there now is more of a black and white uh version so yeah i'm excited man i'm very excited cannot wait and it's always awesome to have you swing by especially at christmas time yes mm-hmm. sir the, sure. the flow and the fire crackling the joker talk a happening no do you guys see the uh, uh black widow trailer what do you think of the black widow trailer I'm I'm excited. I'm more excited than I thought I would be. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know? I really don't know, yeah. Taskmaster looks ridiculous. I just <laughs> wish it would have come earlier. That's, I, I maybe really that's have. what it is, yeah. It should have happened so long mm-hmm. ago. But um I mean because especially since we've seen her her death. Her die, yeah. You know, like, yeah. But um I'm excited nonetheless. It looks like it's gonna be good. It's it, it will be good. Hopper looks hilarious. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does all squeezed into his outfit there. <laughs> I'm not even sure who uh, they all are. I, I'm going to have to do some research yeah, on this because I don't know a lot about her background mm-hmm. other than she's just a you know Russian-trained assassin, right? Yep. So, I, yeah, I need to do some uh, research before that comes out. Is that a uh, May release? I think it is. Yeah, May 2020, I think. Which we'll have to have you back on for. And are you uh, a Star Wars fan? Stupid question. Uh, I like Star Wars. I wouldn't consider myself a fan because I I have no real stake in the Rebels or the Empire. Or, <laughs> uh, okay. It's interesting uh, when when people say, "Are you a fan?" Uh, because the the connotation of that has sort of changed over time, and and there are fan fans, and then there are fans, and then there are people that just like stuff. Sure. So I sort of put myself in the category of I like Star Wars. Like, I really enjoy The Mandalorian. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's the you know the man with no name in the West, but it's in space and it's awesome. Um, and it also has nothing whatsoever to do with Skywalkers, and I think that's awesome. So refreshing, <laughs> yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So refreshing. Uh, because uh, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this. <laughs> I really liked the Jedi before they became superheroes. I liked them when they were samurais with laser swords. 
Okay. Yeah. All of the magic powers uh, that came, you know, later on, starting with like, it really felt like in the Return of the Jedi, right. and then all of the books and, and then all of the uh, stuff that happened in the prequels and the other things that have been explored in video games and stuff, and how many different. It really reminds me of the Superman comics from the 50s when there were 17 different versions of kryptonite. And orange kryptonite affected Superman this way and, and purple kryptonite affected him this way, turning these these warrior knights into superheroes. I mean, and I, this, again, it's just my opinion. A lot of people love the force powers, they, they, the force lightning and the force push and, and all that stuff. They think they're very vital to the... Jedi's skill set or whatever, but um, I guess that's my real okay boomer moment for Star Wars. Is like, <laughs> I see what you mean. I mean, I can't can I... we just go back to them having a laser fight? Can we just do that? <laughs> uh, so, you're not wrong though. I mean, because you know, so many more people have come in and are writing canon. I feel like most people who do come in and are writing stuff that's canon take liberties with the force, and you know, since Disney has had. Star Wars, we've seen, you know, you can stand in front of somebody, hold your hand out and read their thoughts with the force. You can you can uh, bridge two people's minds with the force, mm -hmm. you know, from long distances. You can project yourself across the galaxy onto a planet with the force. You know, it's you can, you can freeze a laser blast in, in, right. in yeah. the, it just hangs there in the air. It almost makes the other secondary characters irrele irrelevant to some point. And I think maybe that's why I like the Mandalorian, too, is it. It takes that completely out of the equation and you just have this very world building kind of completely grounded. It expands. Book. It expands, at least for me, because I have never read any of the books. I have I haven't watched Rebels or Clone Wars or, or any of that stuff. That's why I don't consider myself a fan, because if I if I was a fan, I would have consumed all of that content. Mm -hmm. um, I, I watch the things that I like to watch. And, and for me. Star Wars is mainly the movies. That's that's where I get all main information about the world. It, and, um, but that's what I really love about the Mandalorian is that it expands the universe for me. It shows me things. Uh, and I actually tweeted this out about one of the episodes of the Mandalorian. I was like, Tatooine. Why is it always Tatooine? <laughs> why do they always go back to this desert backwater? And, uh, you know, people are like, you know, giggling and stuff. Well, like, you know, it is the center of the universe. And I was like, wait, isn't that Arrakis? Uh, but um, <laughs> mixing of universes there. But uh, I, I like Star Wars. I, I think it's uh, grand, pulpy, epic storytelling. And the music is awesome. The action is always great. But I don't I don't live and breathe it. So, yeah, I, sure. I can't call myself a fan. I, I think you can. I think you definitely can. I think fandom is definitely in the movies. If you start diving deep, then you're kind of getting into next level fandom. Mm -hmm. But you can definitely call yourself a fan, I would say. People don't like those deep divers very much. At least I don't too much. Well, I, I, I dissect I it too much. Uh, I tweeted something uh, or retweeted something today. Uh, John Hodgman, I guess, was on stage and talking about the Mandalorian and other fandoms. And he put it really, really good. Uh, he had a really good take on, um, and I guess the way he framed it is that he doesn't like snobs. Somebody who says, well, you don't like this 
uh, uh, aspect of the, of the show. So you can't be a fan. The Mm -hmm. gatekeeping aspect of how fans will sometimes beat other fans over the head saying, you don't know all the details, so you can't really call yourself a fan and that snobbish behavior. And, and it it was really, really good. I really, I agreed with it. Uh, so that's more where I was coming from with my remarks. (laughs) Pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. I think he may, he says it better, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no snobs here. Yeah. No snobs here. You're definitely a fan of Star Wars in our book. Cool. But, uh, David, it's always a pleasure to have you stop by. I hope that nog is uh, tasting good for you there. Careful yes. to drive home now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get your nice and drunk and send you on your way. <laughs> I'm not driving. Alpha is. So. <laughs> oh, nice. Boy, I want to try an alpha impression now, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But David, thank you so much, man, for stopping by. And Merry Christmas to you, man. Merry Christmas to you guys. Always a pleasure to be on. All right, guys. I hate to bring you into this weird little uh, transition here, but tragedy has struck the Christmas episode, it would seem. I was editing it last night. I uh, My whole computer shut down, and when it came back up, I had a weird message saying that a few pieces of audio had been lost. And of course, they're the most important pieces of audio the last hour of uh, the episode. I shouldn't say the most important. I honestly believe uh, the most important material was saved here. What we lost was uh, we did a Christmas trivia game where Jack and Randy battled back and forth answering Christmas questions uh, very much in the same fashion we did last year uh, for, for prizes like movies like Army of Darkness and boxes of candy, little trinkety stuff that we got as prizes. And then we had our Candare gift exchange. And we got some cool stuff. Uh, I got uh, Randy a classic Power Ranger figure because uh, we had the toys that made us uh, creator Brian Volkweiss on. And we've, well, we had a Power Ranger alum on this uh, episode. So it just seemed to kind of fit. And we got him, uh, I got him the TMT Power Ranger uh, comic crossover. Uh, what, let's see, Randy got uh, Jack a, a retro toy. I think it was a Centurion can't remember what it was called but it was really cool and he also uh did a gag gift for him i don't know if you guys listened to episode 300 but you would have heard that uh randy won the brie larson trophy of shame as uh, the last place for the uh jeopardy challenge we did there so he refashioned it into a snow globe and gifted it to to jack it was quite funny i wish you guys could have heard it and uh then jack got me a gift that man is is all too perfect he got me the uh a six and a half scale figure from jurassic park of uh ian malcolm jeff goldblum and if anyone knows me they know i like jeff goldblum quite a bit so he's got a a spot already on the shelf here and i think he's gonna uh he's staying there for quite a bit i again really wish you guys could have heard it but again i i truly believe we uh saved the best parts of this episode and, uh, you know, I still think it's what topping off here at around an hour or 40, hour 50 minutes. So you still got a pretty healthy episode, if you ask me. But um, Christmas miracles aren't happening around Candare in 2019, it would seem. So we're going to go ahead and end the episode. And uh, Kyle, this one's for you.
Don't forget to go to CandarePodcast.com where you can check out past shows, show highlights, see our special guest wall, and uh, click on the link to become a patron. For $5 a month, you can get access to the Candare Patreon pod and help out the show. And, uh, you know, again, keep an eye out in 2020. We're revamping that Patreon. It's going to be bigger, brighter, much better, offer a lot more to you. And uh, on Twitter, we're at CandarePod. And on Instagram, at Cand underscore Air. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all that detail. Seeing how this is the Christmas episode, I really hope you guys had fun. And I really hope you all have a Merry Christmas. And I'm so sorry again for this abrupt ending to the episode. I really wish we could have shared that with you, but... I've done all I can, and that audio that audio is gone. So, um, again, my apologies, but have a very merry and safe Christmas to everyone, and we'll see you next year. First day of Christmas, my true love gave to me another Ask Dave. Do you think Christmas has become too commercialized? Hell yeah. It's ridiculous. I think Mm -hmm. it was fucking uh, Halloween, man. They already had Christmas shit out. Yeah, they did. Halloween. Yep. It'll be up all the time. It hadn't been Halloween yet, brother. Mm -hmm. They're still pushing that shit. (laughs) It'll be up all the time. That's why I I freaking hate, you know, hell with this trip, you know? It just, I mean, we've lost the point of what Christmas is about. You know, they want our fucking money. Right? They do. And they sell, sell, sell. It's an economy booster, the holiday seasons. Yeah, but that's not what it's all about. No, it's not. Don't forget to go to www.cannedairpodcast.com and ask Dave the question that has been on your mind. Making me relive, relive tra- childhood, huh. making me relive childhood trauma. There we go. We got her. There we go. Not the coming out so much, but the burn going in's good. All right. Don't you know that you're a grown up?
I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?